0: Hey, welcome back to Business Intelligence Podcast. My name is Dr. Wei-Chun Wan. I am here with my co-host, Mr. Joey Gangji. Hey, how's
1: it going, Joey? Hey, going great. Excited to be back for Season 3. A lot, of, a lot of updates from our end that we can't wait to share. New teammates who you get to meet. A lot, a lot going on from this end.
0: Yeah, I mean, about two, three years ago, exactly three years ago, we started doing this, I think. Yeah. Right. And and we, we didn't have any set goal. We just wanted to share our insight and our observations <laughs> of the marketplace. And I wanted to come back for it. Uh, obviously, right now, because we we have had some exciting things that happened to us in the last year. Uh, our business consultancy is expanding like crazy, and now we're we're even branching out. I'm now living in the West Coast, and with you still being in the East Coast, like you said, we have other teammates that will be coming that we we will be bringing on board uh, in this podcast, and to to really share our expertise and experiences with you. And again, lots of interesting things that are happening. Uh, you know, right before the holiday season in the, th- in the fourth quarter of two thousand and twenty-two, and we cannot wait to talk about all these things.
1: Yeah, so we'll a lot to uh, we'll a lot to get it through.
0: Yeah, I got to say that um, you know, when during the pandemic, we were kind of predicting that you know there's got to be fluctuations in the economy, mm-hmm. and some of some of these things and ramifications are showing right uh, right now in um, in a, a post pandemic moment when. People think, oh, you know, we're finally out of the woods and then boom, uh, you know, the economic uncertainty and the fluctuations in the marketplace are really pulling all of us down. You know, just to, to, to share with you one observation, you know, last year in the holiday season when everybody went out to buy stuff and they realized that there, there wasn't enough uh, inventory on the shelf, people were, you know, uh, frustrated, right? And, and then they realized that the supply chain disruption caused by, by COVID uh, we couldn't restore the supply chain, um, right. you know, like a light switch. And then at the time, just to give you kind of an idea, like if, you want to sh- if you wanted to ship a container from Asia to the United States in the fourth quarter of 2021, it was going to cost you like 20 to 25 thousand dollars. And right now, that shipping charge is down to 1500. Right, right, and that that kind of shows you that the landscape shift in the marketplace is at an unprecedented pace. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So again, a a lot to look forward to. However, you know, there, there is a lot of, a lot of adjustments that are, that we're seeing uh, in the marketplace uh, as evidence from all these massive layoffs from the technology sectors. Hey, how do you view this, Joey?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So I think uh, there's been a lot of fluctuation over the past, uh, past couple of years. I think one of the things that's been, you know, difference that usually it doesn't seem like the, the technology industry is maybe hit quite as hard. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, all these big companies, uh, you know, Facebook or meta now uh, Google, Amazon, they're, they're experiencing this kind of like period of contraction all uh, all of a sudden. And so I think that's one of the most notable things about some of the recent uh, things that we're seeing in the news is uh, these quarterly reports come out. And why do you think it's the technology sector in particular right now that's getting affected uh, when... Yeah, when they weren't before. What's changed?
0: I got to tell you that I, you you weren't the only one that asked me that question, and I I, I got to say that you know if you look at the history uh, of the U.S. economy, you know, ever since the 2008 housing market, housing market bubble, the, the last recession, um, you know, we have maintained a, we had maintained a pretty low interest environment. So the cost of capital, mm-hmm. the cost of borrowing, had been really low, right? So. The, uh, the capital-intensive industries, such as technology industries, research and development—you know, anything re- related to research development, anything related to heavy capital investment, like for example, real estate—they are being hit particularly hard mm. uh, now that the Federal Reserve has, uh, you know, uh, increased the uh, the interest rate, right? The federal funds rate is is what we call it, uh, and and we are not—at at least right now—in uh, the fourth quarter of two thousand and uh, two, two thousand twenty-two, we're not seeing the end of it. So we keep the interest rate to keep hiking, maybe not at a rapid pace uh, like we what we saw in the past six months. But the interest rate is going to keep climbing up. So these capital intensive uh, industries or companies um, operating in the capital intensive industries, they are reviewing their expansionary strategy. Right. Because it Mm -hmm. used to be the fact that, you know, Uh, in in cost of capital is cheap, Uh, you could leverage the capital market and get the resources that you need to do hiring or any expansion that you want, but it's no longer the case, right? So people shy away from investing more because of the more expensive uh, capital, cost of capital, and that is also reflected in the real estate industry too, right? So not... When we talked about, you know, people are having individual buyers are having difficult times borrowing money at a, at a, such a high rate for for their mortgage, it hurts institutions too. I mean, all these companies and institutions that that uh, you know have a, a part of their portfolio be real estate properties, they're they're pulling out because again, if you're looking at the rate at five, six, seven percent, compared to it used to be like one to two percent you are rethinking it, right? How you use your money, how you leverage capital. Um, now, you, you, you got to also uh, think twice when you say, uh, when you make the claim that the current interest rate is too high, it's going to hurt the long-term prospect because in the beginning of 21st century, I mean, if you look at the, the you know, when uh, the the beginning of the 21st century when the housing market was booming, uh, we've had interest rate at 6, 7, 8, 9% before, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so it's it's not unusual to have this kind of raids. Um but but I, I guess what is happening right now is that the economy and the market is taking the time to adjust to the higher rate. And and that adjustment is not gonna be done um you know with with snap of fingers, right? It's gonna take time. Right. Now now all these companies like Meta, like you said, uh has all around Already announced their layoff plan uh at the time of recording. Twitter laid off significantly uh their their workforce right. after Elon Musk took over. You know, a DocuSign, uh the leading eSign uh service company uh laid off like 9% of their workforce, mm-hmm. Lyft 13%. You know, the, the list goes on and on, and it's all technology companies, but what I worry about is that this is going to trickle down to the, the last capital intensive industries, because all these companies like small to sized companies, they look at what the giants are doing. And they are now uh, subsequently scrutinizing their operating expenses, because if the big if, if the big boys are cutting, we, we better buckle up as well, because it's going to create that trickle down effect in the economy. Um, so to answer your question, we've we had had low interest environment for a while. And now the cost of capital landscape is completely different. And people are being more cautious, uh, utilizing their capital resources. Uh, and, and more importantly, they just want to really buckle down and see where where this is going and how how long of time uh, does the economy take to uh, kind of restore to normalcy. Um, and and I, I guess that's the reason.
1: And going off of what you said too, I think we are seeing that tendency of uh, you know of, of less capital intensive businesses, smaller businesses in particular, really trying to uh, you know tighten the belt now, and that's due to you know what they're seeing in the marketplace with the with the economy, you know how, how it's been uh, trending, and I think you see that too reflected in uh, looking at uh, YouTube and uh, right. Meta, right. some of the, some of the financial reports that they shared you see advertising revenue down. I think YouTube missed their projections by hundreds of millions. I think it was I think it was almost half a billion, if I'm not mistaken. But they, yeah. they missed what they what they expected to do in terms of ad revenue. And that is reflective of not only that they're facing their, their own challenges, but also that these other businesses are being less aggressive in the marketplace, yeah. trying to, to expand business. They're focusing more on you know kind yeah. of holding the holding the line that they have right now. And I don't know about you, but I think that's one of the that, that opens you up to risk i think you can bound some risk of, of having uh you know upfront expenses on things like advertising but i don't think it's the the best decision to kind of see those as ancillary or you know kind of like discretionary spending i think there's got to be a you know commitment to making that minimum uh you know outbound effort to keep either getting, staying in touch with your existing clients bringing in new ones but i think there has to be you know a, a level of momentum maintained i think we're seeing businesses kind of String away from that based on some of these numbers that have come out. I,
0: I absolutely agree. But but how do we if identify effective ad strategy becomes the question, right? So right. so you, you mentioned the quarterly financials released by these big ad giants like Google and YouTube, and they missed, uh, the, you know, obviously they fell short and i don't know about you I mean from the user experience and you know I used all social media uh, uh, platforms because I wanted mm. to understand what 's going on in marketplace and and that allows me an opportunity to sit at the forefront to identify opportunities to, or even to identify threats right and and just very very recently again at, at the time of recording this is the fourth quarter of two thousand and twenty two I went on to to Facebook and Twitter, I realized that they they kept spamming me. Mm. With the same ads and the frequency of ads increased like tenfold, right? And right. Pr- probably again justify, you know, you know, how they fell short in their quarterly financials, and maybe they're desperate to try to make the money back, right? So they mm-hmm. they, they maybe they cut the uh, the, the quilts uh, to the uh, to, to the to the buyers of the ads, and and they try to sell them more ads but that significantly reduces my user experience as a as a consumer right yeah so i, I wouldn't think that that's a right ass strategy if you're buying the ads from facebook and google right
1: right, right. and I then think a it, lot it, of yeah it drives away the, the users which is exactly what they need they, they that's the lifeblood
0: exactly and and i you know from all the small to mid-sized businesses that we've been working with How many of them come to us and say, you know, I I I just want to I want to budget this amount. Let's do Facebook ads. Let's do Google ads. I don't I don't care how you do it, but we need to do them because other people are doing them too. I mean, so 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 immediately you're you're falling into a trap like a like a prisoner's dilemma in game theory, right? So because other people are doing it, I I may I might as well be doing it at the same time. But you're not effectively gauging. You know, the effectiveness of any campaign, especially during a time like this, you want to be smart and wise about your money and and budget and how you operate your business, right? So you talk about discretionary expenses. So many people are seeing ad ad span as discretionary expenses, Mm -hmm. meaning that you could do without, you know, when the time is bad. You know, I argue that this is really the right time for you to review your internal data infrastructure to identify the analytical effort required for you to for you to be uh, e- effectively spending the money, right? And and ad money, like you said, yes, a lot of people are seeing them as discretionary. But when other people are shying away from from doing ads, maybe this is the time for you to come in. Now, whether or not you want to uh, do Facebook ads or Google ads, that requires a whole lot of conversations, right? And maybe a different topic of the day. But again, I mean, you need to be committed in. You know maintaining your operations and when i said that i'm i'm not talking about just maintaining the manufacturing process or the sales process there has got to be a little bit of planning component so that you can maintain the exposure of your service and brand and products in the marketplace so that people are still aware of your existence right so talking about like facebook and google i think you know just the, the the past three four years the, the, the landscape in the ad business has also shifted tremendously, right? Right. So yeah. I, I don't know. We talked about this in a podcast episode. We talked about how, you know, when the Apple uh, iOS uh, mm-hmm. was upgraded, right, and they they took away the ability for, for Google and companies like Google and Facebook to, to accurately identify user behaviors due to privacy concerns. Yeah, that was when, a huge shake Apple, up the iOS 14. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was 14. That's right. Yep. And so when that door is locked, it actually freaked out, uh, you know, companies like Google and Facebook. So they, they immediately need to identify another uh, venue to mm. go after these customers Because so that they could turn around and, and share with the buyers of the ads, you know, exactly how we plan to use your money to uh, target the users that you want to bring in. Um, and, and I think they're still trying to figure that out. Um, because of all these privacy concerns, you know the, tech, uh, the 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 kind of like the technical restrictions that are facing, you know, and and also GDPR, EU is particularly cautious with all these private organizations uh, trying to come in and and um uh, and get the user information, identifiable user information. Right? So there is a lot of um you know uh, threat to the app business, but from the business owner perspective, then you know, it affects you too, right? Correct. So how do you then um, navigate these complicated regulations by not trying to overly spend in ads and yet being able to identify another way to to target return customers, to establish effective funnels, to bring in the leads um, and, and cultivate the leads. And it requires you sometimes to have a data infrastructure in place and maybe a, a, a fundamental knowledge as to how this ad business works before you could go out and expose your products and services more
1: effectively. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, one of the most important things you can do, so we talked about, like, what, you know, how do you, how do you navigate that? Being able to understand where, you know, where your return's coming from. And that requires having, you know, we, you know, we want to make sure you have a solid Google Analytics infrastructure in place, a, a good way of kind of measuring that. If you're not someone who is, you know, comfortable, like getting into the, the weeds of the, the analytics dashboard, right. having a simplified version is what we normally, you know, we try to help our clients come up with just so they can view the high level points of it and, you know, start to slowly take away some of the understanding of, you know, where's the, the biggest referral, new traffic, new customers. Um, I think that really helps. And I think having the, you know, the commitment to, to ongoing experimentation. So you talk about how, you know, maybe the opportunity is right with less advertisers being on, on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's going to be cases where that's not the best, but depending on the, the business you're on, everything's going to be heavily dependent on the space in which you operate. But just having that initial idea of like, okay, you know, here we see the, the changing landscape on Meta, on Twitter, on YouTube of, you know, a decline in uh, businesses advertising on there. Maybe that represents an opportunity for you. So we have to have that level of curiosity to go on there and, and keep the ads running to and, and the data tracking mechanisms in the background to understand what you're getting from that. But at the same time, balancing that out, maybe with, uh, for example, new players in the marketplace. Yeah, I was reading on, on an article on LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, uh, more than doubled its advertising revenue. So at the same time as you see these other, other uh, spaces starting to decline, you see advertisers rushing, I think, to the tune of about 10 billion uh, on uh, TikTok. So you've got the kind of the shift in the in the landscape from from uh, some of the more traditional uh, digital advertising platforms. I think you, as a business owner, have the you know the kind of responsibility to uh, to advertise on both. At least as you're trying to navigate and figure out where the where everything's going to settle. But even during times like this, where there is that level of uncertainty, you know, hedge against that a little bit by trying to continually bring in data, bring in customers, track that data. And be able to, to analyze that when you uh, when you need to make a little bit more of an aggressive move in the marketplace. You don't wanna be starting from scratch right when you need to uh, you know, when you when you're hurting for a new business. You should always have something going in the background. So then when the time comes and you do need to shift the strategy, you know, okay, we've had Twitter on deck, we've been experimenting with the ad campaigns there, we're ready to to plug this one in because all of a sudden our, our, our ROAS from uh from Meta's platform isn't what it used to be. Uh, so I think that's the best thing you can be doing right now. And to your point uh, the, an essential component of that is having the uh, the ability to track that data in the first place, because if not, then you're, you know, it's, it's going to be all but worthless to, uh, to be uh, running those campaigns.
0: Absolutely. You got to have the data infrastructure. Right? Yeah. So I think right now, maybe it's the best time to make that investment, right? It's, don't see that as discretionary. See that as, something that you need to you need to have if you want to if you want to yeah. thrive, you know, when, when this economic recession is done. Now, now I gotta tell you, I mean, this cycle is a real thing. When it comes down, it's gonna come back up. Right. right. And and you want to make sure that you write the momentum. And we talked about that in the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And and we said that in the podcast that this thing is going to last three, four, five years. And at the time we were focusing on really getting rid of COVID. Right? And we were talking about effective vaccines and all that. But when we talk about three, four five years, we were including the potential impact in just regular lives. Right. Right now, even I mean, in the United States, everybody is, uh, you know, kind of resuming to to normalcy. But we're dealing now with the economic uh, complications in the marketplace but you know look at other countries for example like like some countries that are not even open yet and they're they're still very much affected by the the lockdown measures right so so this thing you know because now you know the economy is linked globally mm-hmm. you can't do without other countries there's got to be some ramifications of of you know the impact from other countries Right? so looking at this you you gotta play the long game you, you gotta really understand you know having that internal data infrastructure is gonna help you you know have that leg up against your competition when when everything comes back to normal when we finally you know hit that stride to an advance our economy um, and when the total economic output is improving now, I agree with pretty everything that you said about, you know, data analytics and, you know, how we view the uh, kind of like the discretionary expense, um, um, you know, from, from a kind of like a holistic perspective. Now, Joey, you know, I can't tell the audience how many times we got, you know, uh, 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 reached out by our clients and asking us the, the, the technical questions. Mm. Right. Some of the clients that are somewhat experienced in dealing with Google analytics, for example, and they have their, their own dashboard. And oftentimes they don't know how to interpretate their dashboard statistics and they don't know how to respond to the statistics. Would you mind sharing with the audience, you know, the, the, the upcoming migration from GA3, uh, which is known as universal analytics to GA4 and, and how is that going to impact, for example, you know, people in the digital marketing uh, space.
1: Right, so like you said, which a lot of people have seen that there's gonna be this upcoming phase out of, uh, of universal analytics um, in favor of uh, the new GA4 platform. So one of the biggest things, if, if you're not familiar with it, now, if you go into Google Analytics, they'll set you on the right path. This is for people that have had uh, the data tracking in place for a while. It's really important that you migrate over to the, to the new system just because that now everything's gonna be built to, to track on this new platform. Um, so this is this is coming up this is going to be in uh, uh, the end of q2 uh, 2023 so that's a common question we're getting just trying to help companies prepare for it. so then the data that they're that they're bringing in is uh, uninterrupted and uh, you can keep uh, you know tracking the, the trajectory of your business uh, of the website performance um, so this is one of the important questions and if, yeah, if you go on there you'll see a lot of announcements about that if you you very, very soon, we're going to be publishing some content on the website. Also, to kind of just walk you through that a little bit more um, of, of some of the specifics, but high level, that's a common question we're getting. Um, at this point, we've gotten to help a few clients move over. And one of the nice things that we are seeing is just the, the different kinds of data that you can track, the way that you can view the, the user's workflow, uh, you know, as they, they navigate through different pages of your site and you can filter by You know, where they, where they originated from, but it's just very, it's laid out in a very visually clear way. And even with clients who are relatively new to the, to the data analytics side of of things, and they're trying to understand their performance. It's, you know, we've, we've had some really good conversations about just being able to kind of go and track that pathway as someone comes into the site and we've been able to make some improvements uh, through there and how they're either messaging, uh, you know, the messaging on the website and there are all these, uh, you know, inferences you can pull from from getting to work with uh, with the platform, but the big takeaway is that very soon everyone's going to have to change. So as you're you know kind of wrapping up uh, Q4 of 2022 here uh, and preparing for the new year, one of the things that should absolutely be uh, towards the top of your list, you know, as maybe a sub bullet of improving your data infrastructure is making sure you have your your Google Analytics in place so you can as you're starting to build these mechanisms that they're not there or if you're trying to keep what you have in place uh, going strong through the new year, you want to make sure you have all of the uh, the new updates uh, put together. Absolutely. I, I, I got to
0: tell you that Google is making a push in its own data analytical effort, right? So the, the migration from GA3 to GA4 is one. Um, you know, if, if you check the, the kind of like the products and services, like to a lot of people, especially individual cons, uh, consumer, they know Google as just a search engine. It's it's a lot more than that. I mean, obviously, the bread and butter with Google is now includes Google, uh, you know, clouds and Google Google Analytics and the entire marketing platform, really, and and really, a lot of large enterprises would pay to get uh, Google Analytics three hundred and sixty, right? So, ah, yeah. Google Analytics three hundred and sixty is a six figure minimum six figure investment, you know. You, and then you think, you know, why would these big companies are um, be willing to invest six figure for you know something that's not directly related to conversion, right? It's really at the end of the day, is the internal data analytical effort. And but for the the, the takeaway for small to mid sized business owners is all right. So if all the if all these big companies are doing that, do do we have a at least a little bit of abil- ability to understand our internal data, because at the very least, if you're selling tangible products, at the very least you have sales data. Right. Right. So the other day, uh, Joey and I, we were consulting with this small business owner out in uh Pennsylvania. Right. And, and, and this lady has a storefront in uh a, a, a one very small town. Right. And, and obviously the, the reason why she established this the storefront in the small town beca- is because that she's, she, she has this mission that she wanted to give back to the local community. But majority of her sales are actually coming from outside of the region, right? And, and she knows that pretty well, that she has to rely on the sales generated from outside of the region to sustain financially. So we ask her a very simple question. I mean, do, what is your internal data analytical effort? And she doesn't have one. So how, how is that sustainable then? And then you can't even track, for example, whether or not you have return customers or you can't even uh, target return customers in, in, in promoting more of your products uh, their way because you don't have an effective way to know who that is. Yeah. Right? And, and, and remember, you know, when we consulted uh, the client, we, we, we then realized, you know, the, the most effective marketing campaign that, that she currently has would be the live broadcasting sales event that she does on Facebook. Right. Right. And she's not doubling down on that, right? Because, again, she doesn't have the data uh, ready in, readily available in front of her. She needs to go through the data with people like us. Like, we ask a lot of detective questions, right, and mm-hmm. try to get to the bottom of it. And that's what you need to do. And if you yeah. don't know how to do it, uh well the very begin in the very beginning you've gotta have data available, like up to date data available to you. And that intelligence is going to help you, you know, guide your business decisions and you know lead your company to the customers or revenue opportunities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we talk about this uh often. But yeah. the one of the most important things you can do is take uh turn information into actionable intelligence. And we usually focus, you know, heavily on the the actionable intelligence piece, which is, you know, the ultimate goal. But don't forget, it starts with gathering that information. So you have to have the information so that either you or somebody that you maybe uh, bring on board to, to support you through the process can then take that information and turn that into something that you can take action upon.
0: So practical question, Joey, like how do people start? Like, if, if I just start out, and or even if I, I'm running a mid-sized business focusing on the local community, w- what do I have to do to start? Because, you know, obviously, if I, if I were the person, I probably am not used to any of the things that you just talked about. You know, sure. are there any immediate steps that for, for those people that could start?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, number one thing is understanding all the different uh, the different channels that you're bringing people in from. So if it's social media, Google. uh Maybe even just pen, and paper, drawing down the list, understanding what those resources are, and then figuring out how do you go about accessing the data from from each of those platforms. Uh, there's a lot of great information online about that. Uh, one of the other suggestions, of course, is you know you can uh, book a you know a, a meeting with us, and we can kind of walk through that process with you. But the first thing, the the lowest hanging fruit of this whole process is getting yourself organized being able to make sure that you are effectively tracking the data from all different places on the line. And then from there, the kind of the step two is how do you organize it? How do you lay it out in a way that makes it uh, you know, visually clear to, to interpret and helps you kind of, you know, make, take a clear action from, from what the data presents. And for that step, one of the suggestions we would make is looking at a platform such as, you know, business intelligence, the, 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 the platform, and we'll link to that in the bio being able to uh, to build a, a dashboard through that system and get all of your information in front of you because that's going to be the most important thing. So then you can, when you see everything laid out in front, you have that high level view. You can start to come up with action items from there.
0: A- absolutely, um, I think this is a, a must do. I mean, in the coming episodes, we're we're going to be talking more about the upcoming opportunities that we identify in the marketplace um, as well as perhaps sharing our insight with you uh, on where the market is heading. Um, And there's a lot of interesting things going on. A lot of people see those interesting things as threats. Um, And, and I got to tell you, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to think that because it's very rare in just a very short time span the last 15 years, We've now had two major economic downturns, right. one being the, economic, uh, the, the housing market bubble, the other being the pandemic, right? So nobody expected this to happen. I mean, obviously we're not oracles. We didn't call the pandemic to take place, uh, but, but now that the pandemic is behind us, we're experiencing this downturn. All right, so where do we go from here? And I can tell you uh, you know, from the economist perspective, that business cycle, like I said, comes and goes it's going to come back up but are you ready to deal with that right so now what you see in the marketplace is that inventory pressure is mounting right completely contrast to to last last holiday season when people didn't have enough stuff to buy there's no deal like the upcoming holiday season uh, you could pretty much bank on having so many deals floating around because all these merchants are trying to deal with their inventory so how do we make sense of it how do we how do we go from here? Well, you know what? Stay tuned for the upcoming episodes, and we're going to talk uh, to you more about this uh, and our observations and insight. Uh, once again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, and, uh, you know, we'd be happy to, to, uh, to share our experiences with you and uh, perhaps offer you some uh, suggestions and recommendations on your operations. Thank you. Here at WD Strategies, we help our clients develop leads, provide integration services, and expand their revenue model. We combine our consulting experiences and technological expertise to build business solutions. If you're interested in taking your business to another level, click on the link below or visit wd-strategies.com to schedule a free consultation.